0: Let's have a prayer, and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the very opportunity to be here with your people today, and we ask you to bless us as we study thy word together. Lord, we're very concerned about our country, and we ask you, Lord, Lord, you bless, take care of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like for you to turn to Genesis chapter 17 with me. Genesis chapter 17. I'll begin to read verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk before me, and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me... Behold, my covenant is with thee. Thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called, that shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant, between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generation for an everlasting covenant, to be a god unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their god. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou, and thy seed after thee in their generations. And this is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you, and thy seed after thee. Every man, child, among you shall be circumcised, and you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant between me and you. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, would you bless the study and the reading of thy word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've been reading the book of Genesis and studying it. Uh, I was talking to Ronnie last night. He always called me on Saturday night and talked with me. And he said, Preacher, I've been studying the Bible. He said, There's a difference in reading the Bible and studying. And I said, Really? <laughs> Anyhow, we, we laughed and talked and had a good time about it. But he said, I am learning so much and going back and studying some of these things. He said, I'm in the book of Isaiah, and he went through things that he'd learned uh, just by studying verse by verse and what words mean and so on. And uh, I, I got to reading in the book of Genesis myself, and I come across this word, God Almighty or Almighty God, in verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thy perfect. Now I want you to watch something. As none but one who possesses all power could meet Abraham's need at this time. Somebody, I forgot who it was, telling me a while ago that they heard somebody that had, uh, how long had somebody been married for how many? How long? Been married 80 years. I said, for goodness sake, how old were they? And they said a 100 and something years old. And I thought, man alive, Abraham and Sarah, uh, they were beyond bearing children at this time that we're reading of here. And Abraham's body and Sarah's body now had been uh, beyond childbearing. And uh, how could they have a son? But, Almighty God, all things are possible. Amen. Now, because he's El Shaddai, if you ever go back and study the words uh, in the Hebrew and the Greek and and read some of these things, and when you talk about the Almighty God, that means El Shaddai is the Almighty God. And you know what it means? It means the All-Sufficient One. The Almighty is a title which uh, strikes terror under the heart of the wicked. But to the righteous, it is a haven of rest. Uh, Proverbs 18 verse 10 the name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous runneth into it and is safe the second time the Lord revealed himself as thou shadow I was under very similar circumstances in Genesis chapter 17 verse 1 in Genesis chapter 35 and if you'll turn over for just a minute in verse 9 Genesis 35 verse 9 And God appeared unto Jacob again, when he came out of Petarim, and blessed him. And God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob, thy name shall not be called any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply, a nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. Now, when God revealed him as the Almighty God to Abraham, he changed his name from Abram to Abraham. When God revealed himself as the Almighty to Jacob, he changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And Jacob was Abraham's grandson. Now, notice also to Abraham, God said, And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And thou shalt be a father of many nations. Now, to Jacob, as God said, Be fruitful and multiply a nation, and a company of nations shall be of thee. In Genesis 35, verse 11. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, we are told God appeared to Abram. In Genesis 35, verse 9, the same words is used again. And God appeared unto Jacob again when he came out of Pethoram and blessed him. Now, this is important because, except for Genesis 12, verse 7, uh, these are the only occasions in Genesis where we read of God appearing to the patriots as though uh, the, to emphasize the importance of this divine title. You go back to Genesis 17 and Genesis 35, There is are parallelism between these two. Genesis 17:22, and he lift off they left off talking with him and went up from Abraham and to uh, Jacob, Genesis 35 and verse 13, and God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. Now it's a blessing when you study this to note that this same divine title is found in, in the church epistle. Turn over now to Second Corinthians and I'll show you what I'm talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and look with me in verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now, some wonderful reasons our God and Father the Almighty is so important to us. Number one is because Hebrews chapter 2 verse 18, He is able to secure them that are tempted. And I know one thing in our human bodies we're not able to do that. Amen? We can't handle temptation, but God said He can handle it through us. And it's because our God the Father, the Almighty, Romans 8, verse 39, is so important. Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. <clears throat> because God's the Almighty, I have the assurance of my salvation then. I, I laugh at these people that say they once was saved, but they're lost. They don't understand God, amen? It's God Almighty that does the saving. And if God Almighty does the saving, who's going to take it away from Him? And so I'm secure in God Almighty. And it's because our Savior is Almighty. Listen, Philippians 3.21 is so important. He is able, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like a glorious body, according to the working whereby He is able even to subdue all things unto Himself. Again, it's because our God is Almighty. He is able to exceedingly abundantly above all things that we do, uh, by the, according to His power that worketh in us. And so, whatever we desire of God, we say sometimes, man, I wish I had this, or man, I pray for this. And we wonder sometimes, do we get it? You've got to remember something. God can do it. Why? Because He's the God Almighty. It's because our Lord is Almighty is able to keep us from falling and to present us before His presence one day according to Jude chapter 20, uh, verse 24. I've thought about this a lot of times. Can you imagine standing before God one day? We're all going to do it. And the only reason you can do it is because of God Almighty. In Genesis 17, verse 1, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be thy perfect I want you to watch something. Four passages of scripture refers to the walk of the Lord's people in which is a different preposition is used. Genesis 17 verse 1 is, Abram is forbidden to walk before Almighty is, is invited or bidden to walk before Almighty God. In Deuteronomy 13.4, the children of Israel were exhorted to walk after the Lord. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear Him and keep His commandments. In Genesis 5.24, in Genesis 6.9, Enoch and Noah walked with God. Now watch this. The Bible says, number one, uh, that we're, we're bidden by God to walk before Him. And then again in Deuteronomy thirteen forty, we will walk after Him. In Genesis chapter five twenty four, 24, Enoch can walk with Him. And in Colossians 2 and verse 6, those who are members of the body of Christ, listen to this, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk you in Him. Now notice these wonderful truths. Number one, to walk before is suggestive of a child running and playing in the presence of his father, conscience of his perfect security because he is just behind him. I remember when I was a little boy and I, and I tell this and my kids tell, Daddy don't tell him kind of stories because it, it makes you look old. Well I am old. And uh, I remember as a little boy though, we went to Crestview and I never will forget it, my old uncle had a mule and wagon. Riding into Crestview city limits at that time, the speed limit was 25 miles an hour. And he saw that sign. He said, "Whoa, pull over here. We can't make that." <laughs> Y'all get that directly. But anyhow, I never will forget it when we li- when we would leave the house on that old mule wagon riding along. I'd jump off the wagon, and run along ahead of it, playing down the road, throwing rocks and shooting my slingshot and playing. I had him always knowing that my daddy was coming right behind me because I knew he'd take care of me. And what I'm trying to say is it's the same way when you think of the Almighty God. If you run before the Lord, you think about this, he's right behind me, he'll take care of me. Amen? And what a wonderful thought. Now think about this a minute. So to walk before him is like a child running before his father, and he's secure. To walk after becomes a servant following his master. Wherever the Lord says, I will follow him. Amen. And to walk with indicates fellowship and friendship. Walking along beside him. One of the perfect examples of that is when Jesus died, was buried and rose again. He's walking along the road to Emmaus and talking to two men and fellowship with them. And uh, they said, did you not hear what's going on? Uh, the man Christ Jesus was crucified. And the Bible said that He expounded upon the Word of God to thee. And, and the, the part that I want to get to is this. Those two men said, did not our heart burn as He walked along and talked with us? That's fellowship. Amen. And what I'm trying to say is, is to walk with the Lord is our fellowship in the Word of God. Uh, and then to walk in is uh, de- denotes union with the Lord. Did you know I'm one in Christ Jesus? The devil can't have me. You know why? I'm in Christ Jesus. He can't get me. I'm in Christ. He has to go through Christ to get to me. Now notice it. Uh, notice how we are to walk in Christ. The Holy Spirit tells us in the words immediately following Colossians 2 verse 7 and Colossians 2 verse 6. Listen to this. Colossians 2 verse 6. And you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in Him. Well, that's one thing, but listen to how it's done. Colossians 2 and verse 7 follows that. Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith and you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. The only way that you can walk in Christ Jesus is because we're rooted and grounded in Him. Now, the principle is this. The believer's walk is shown by the four different positions. We walk before God as children. We walk with God as his friends. We walk in God as a member of his body. Then go back now to Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Now, think about this. If you get an old Schofield Bible in the center margin, Dr. Schofield has defined the word perfect. And listen to this. He said it means upright, sincere. But that's not what God says. The Bible says, Be thou perfect. And perfect is a legitimate rendering of the Hebrew word T-A-M-I-N, which means perfect. Now, think about this. I don't like to change the Word of God. And I don't care who the commentator is I'm reading behind. If they want to change it, I'm not going with them. If they can't expound upon the Word of God like it says it, leave it alone. And I haven't read this. Now, the same word is found in Psalms 19 and verse 7. The law, or word of the Lord, is perfect, converted the soul. The same word, perfect, there is used in the same word, upright and sincere, or perfect, but walk thou perfect before the Lord. Now, it's the same word, translated 44 times, without blemish. That means perfect. Now, the question is, did God really say to Abraham, Be thou perfect? The answer is absolutely. The reason is simple. How could God say anything less? He's a perfect God. Why would He say to you, and I walk half perfect? You're not going to say that. God says walk perfect because He's perfect. Now, notice something. A perfect one set before His creatures. Too many times men... Uh, whittle down the word of God to make it fit their own conceptions. As though the scriptures, the standard of perfection is set before us. Now, watch this. For instance, the law required that Israel should have, should love the Lord their God with all, uh, their hearts. Matthew 5 verse 28, uh, 48. Jesus bade his disciples, Be therefore perfect as your Father which is heaven is perfect. Now what? The teaching to the epistle is all summed up in that word first Peter two twenty one. Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in uh, his steps, and Christ is a standard of perfection. That is what we are to constantly strive for perfection. The only one is perfect in this world is Lord Jesus Christ. But how could God Almighty say anything less to you and I but walk you perfect before the Lord? you know how you can do it? Because we're in Christ Jesus. And Christ Jesus is perfection. No one has ever attained perfection except Christ. But we are to be as Paul stated, and I'll read this to you. Turn over to Philippians chapter 3 for a minute. Philippians chapter 3. And look with me, please, in verse 12. Not as though I had already attained, either already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth in those things which are before, I press towards the mark, for the pride of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. When God said to Abram, walk before me in perfection, be ye perfect. You know what he was saying there? To a child of God, he ought to have one thing in mind, to be like Jesus. To be as perfect as we can walk in this world. To, that's our goal. No other goal should be our aim in this world, but perfection. Be thy perfect does that mean an impossible standard then? You might remember now, it was El Shaddai who gave this command. Uh, notice, who would dare to talk of impossibilities when the Almighty God is speaking? God can do anything. And He has said, my grace is sufficient for you. So if you get in problems in your life, and you say, oh, I slipped up. But God's grace is sufficient. He can do all things. We can charge ourselves with failure to rest upon His almighty arm and confess with shame that the blame is ours uh, because we don't appropriate all the sufficient grace of God. If I fail at all, it's not God's fault. It's my fault because I have not leaned upon Him and I not asked Him to take care of it. In Genesis chapter 17 verse 3, And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, When God comes to sins to reveal himself again to Abram, he is overwhelmed at such grace. Now remember, Abram has been in self-will and relying on God's promise, going and doing his own thing. Almighty God reveals him to Abram, and there is but one place for him, and that's on his face before God. I said this the other day and I mean it. There's only one that should ever kneel to and bow to and that's Almighty God. No other person on the face of this earth is we ever bow to except God. You know why? He's God. And I got news for you. You won't come before God and raise your fist before Him. And you won't come before God and have uh, disrespect for Him. He's Almighty God. Amen? Did you notice in these conventions the Democrat left out God altogether out of their convention. And then the, the, uh, uh the other one, Republican convention, I couldn't even say the word. But in the Republican convention, did you notice they start off with prayer, each one of them? But did you notice some? They're standing up there looking like this, praying. Let me tell you something. There's only one that bowed his head. They prayed at that convention. You know who it was? Billy Graham's son. Now, I'm not saying he's the only one that's right out there. I'm saying this, though. I guarantee you one thing, brother. When you come before Almighty God, you're going to bow your head. Amen? You're going to fall before Him because He's the Almighty God. Now, note one other thing. In connection with the relationship of Himself and the Almighty God, the Lord made Abraham... to. A composite promise in which seven things he said, I will. I don't have time to go into all those, but I want you to watch this. He said, I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make many, uh, make nations of thee, and keep kings, uh, and kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, and their generation from an everlasting covenant, to be a god unto thee and thy seed after thee, and I will give unto thee, and thy seed after thee, the, uh, the land wherein thou art a stranger, and the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son, indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him, for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him, but my covenant will I have established with Isaac. Now, the relationship between this compound promise and the title of deity used on the occasion of its utterance and the pledge of its fulfillment is because all powerful is at its disposal. How can God do all these things? Because He's the Almighty God. Now watch it. Uh, The fulfillment that is, verse 5, for a father of many nations have I made thee. Watch that. That's very important. You know what's important when you're reading the Bible? It's look at every word. And watch what this said: For a father of many nations will I make of thee. No, he didn't. That's not what he said. For a father of many nations have I. That's already done. It's already done. Think about this. He's talking to Abraham which had no children yet. Yeah, I mean, not, not of Sarah. And he said, now, Abraham, I have already done it. Abraham said, it's impossible. I'm past childbearing. My wife. No, he said, i already done it. I have made thee. Now, Romans 8, verse 30. When he justified them, he also glorified. Whom he justified, them he also glorified. And yet, in experience, now, think about this. Uh, somebody said, uh, you sure ain't no angel. You ain't got feathers yet. But I got news for you. You might not believe this, but I'm already glorified. You think about that for just a minute. You know why? It's past tense with God. It's already done. And I think about this all the time. So many times I am so blessed of God. And you ought to go in Genesis chapter 17, Exodus 6-8 through and read the I wills of Almighty God. He said, I will do it. The Lord revealed Himself to Abram as the Almighty and followed with revelation, sevenfold promise. And God reveals Him as Jehovah and follows this revelation with another sevenfold promise. As the Bible says, Perfect are the ways, and perfect is the word of Him with whom we have to do. Amen? If I get in trouble with my own self, I mean, I get in fear... I get in doubt of things going on around me. Never in doubt of God, but just things going on around me. I, I get so aggravated sometimes of things going on right now, and I don't know what to do, and it just seems like the devil's in charge, and, and if you're not careful, you'll get down. But then you got to remember something. Almighty God's in charge. Amen? It doesn't matter. Come what might, God Almighty is still in charge. That's what keeps me going. Father, would you bless?